What up, what up? Matty B here on another episode of AST. I got my buddy here, Mitch Mulvihill. And it's going to be a little bit unstructured today, but we're going to go through our personal experiences with some bodily injuries that happen as you get older and, and all the things that need to be taken into consideration when deciding what to do with those. You know, because there's always more than one choice, even though it doesn't seem like that sometimes, and, and there's significant costs to whatever the hell you choose. And it's my belief that nobody knows your body better than yourself because you're living in it, obviously. But I do believe that, you know, your body, knowing your body takes a long time and to pay attention to it. And, you know, Mitch has been working with me at the GNC for years now. He's been a personal trainer for years now. Been an athlete pretty much since forever. And so all those experiences make you pretty in tune with your body. And then I'll go over... My experience, so his is herniated discs, and mine is, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, a disorder called rhabdomyolysis, but it's it, it, both are equally dangerous and, and have costly decisions depending on what you want to do with it. And then we'll uh, get into r some random conversations, uh, because I've known this guy for a little while, and it, although this isn't related to business directly, it's still something I believe that's a significant adaptation that you got to learn to deal with when you're older. And there's a lot of information out there. And, and sometimes I feel like you're forced into uh, thinking that there's only one decision. And I just think that there's not. Unfortunately, there's just risks with all of them. And so what's up, man? How you doing? I'm feeling good. Happy to be here. That's what's up, dude. Love the spot. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh... Dude, let's start it off. And uh, you started off as an athlete. What sports you play? Played hockey, baseball, lacrosse. And then, and then recently we got into spike ball pretty aggressively. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that. And you're my go-to partner, by the way. So I feel yeah. uh, pretty good for being fucking 33 and being able to rock like that. Oh yeah. Um, Making those diving plays. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, for sure. All right, dude, so herniated discs. Um, what happened, and, and, and how did you figure out that you had herniated discs? And I suppose start off with what the fuck are they? So discs are donut-like objects that are in between your spinal column. Okay. And they separate your vertebra. Yep. So they provide cushion, uh between the nerves and yep. it keeps you from feeling what I felt, which is sciatic pain for an example, which is where, nerve pain, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's where you get the numbing feeling down your legs and it radiates throughout the day. Okay. And so how did it happen or when did you find out that it was fucked up and you obviously have to deal with it because dude, whether you play sports, whether you work out, like, you might beat up your body, but you know that you're not injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, this was by far the most intense injury I've dealt with outside of breaking my hand and my nose. You know, that's about it. Um, but I received the injury. The nose healed nicely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a way. <laughs> um, all right, Takes up space. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> so but, how did you find out that you had herniated discs? So... I play in a men's league once yep. a week still, 
got to stay active, in my opinion, with sports. I mean, there's or just whatever or you whatever. Do, you gotta stay active. Yeah, with sports, uh, hobbies, you know, arts and crafts, whatever you got to do, you know. Yeah. It's good for the mental. It's good for the physical. Um, so I'm playing hockey. Yep. And I received the injury by getting into an altercation with uh, an opponent on the other team. We scored a goal, and you know he didn't agree with the type of offense I was playing. So he swung at me. I restrained him, and then while I was restraining him, uh, I rotated my torso, and my core wasn't engaged, and they popped. Two of them popped. One of them bulged, and uh, it made for a difficult time in my life. So at that particular moment did you know what happened like did you know like yo i just herniated some discs no no i was in denial for a while so how did you get to the point of being like shit i have herniated discs well essentially what happens is you try to do everything outside of that because when you look at research about your back right so all of a sudden you have this issue and, you know, you wake up a couple nights in a row and you're like, okay, this thing isn't just going away. Yeah. Um, you realize it's a possibility. And what they have to say about it online is very discouraging. Yeah. Because a lot of it is geared towards forever, like limitations. And they allude to that type of like life potentially. Sure. Right. Rolling forward. But, like, did you just search because you had back pain? And then you're like, hey, like, I'm going to try to find some similar symptoms online, right? Um, But at that point, you're still kind of guessing. Yes. And then the the thing that never went away was, was pain, right? Right. And so, like, what type of pain? So... I started working an office job. Because I've never had and, like a bad back injury. Right. So I started working an office job, and over the two years, you know, I lost strength in my core from sitting yeah. all the time. And that's, you know, leads up to why it happened in the first place. Sure. A lot of it is just lacking in that area yeah. as far as strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, basically, the process then after you receive the injury is you have to get a referral from your doctor. So the first step is you have to go to your family uh, clinic. or Yeah. So like everybody has their network that they can go to. Yeah. And mine was right off by green Haven popped in there. You get your appointment. Did you you x-rays or anything? No, no x-rays. So they just did an examination and then they send you to the specialist. Yeah. It's like a five, 10 minute conversation. You get your prescription and then you go to the pharmacy and you go get your pills. Got it. Which are pain relievers, right? Yeah. So you or get muscle relaxers. Yep. So you get the you get the painkillers and then you get the muscle relaxers. Well, and so then, what's next though, right? And because then sometimes even the steroid. Oh, the prednisone or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So which I had major issues with. Why? It just affected my mood. Got it. In a way where it was like, yeah, this isn't sustainable. Yeah. Okay. So. And so. They're just like, hey, you got to get the inflammation down, and then that's basically the game plan. Yeah. And then in the meantime, you're referred to a specialist that does – how do you get the diagnosis of a herniated disc? Right. So 
you then get the referral to get imaging done. So then you have to get your MRI. Sure. Okay. And then once you get the MRI, you can then bring it to a physical therapist, orthopedics office, and they can look at it and work with you that way based off the specifics of what they see. So you got so, yours done. Yep. So I got the imaging done. And at first I went to a chiropractor for okay. a couple of weeks. Yeah. And is, do, what is it fair to say you have a tendency to try to go like the natural route? Yeah. Like yeah. I would prefer that. Yeah. All right. So the chiropractor and it, you know, worked for a little bit, right? Like I was learning about it. I asked a lot of questions and I just needed more yep. from for this because I cannot accept being, no results, being, being right? Like all of a sudden I feel like I'm 80 years old and it's like, okay, yeah, this isn't going to last. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Cause you're losing mobility is what you're losing, right. which is the ability to do all the shit you like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so who'd you see next? So yeah, I, I spent a couple weeks there and then I moved on to a referral that I had before from my mom. Yeah. She worked with this place uh, called PDR, and it was unreal. The amount of things I learned from these people, it was life-changing, really. And just having the ability to translate that information into my the rest of my life and yeah. then also just sharing it with others, it's, it's a game-changer for me. Well, so what was this place, though? Because it doesn't sound like you're going back to, like, a surgeon or anything. Was surgery even on the table? So we'll get there. Right. We'll get there. Um, but PDR, though, just wanted to, like, shout out to them for a sec and their process because they did exactly what I was looking for because the psychological part of it is so important. Sure. And they address that as well as they have these advanced machines that squeeze you into position perfect, like you are structurally braced. And you're rotating this machine. Really? Yeah, like I was doing rotations and low back extensions. But everything was like pelvic tilt perfect, right? And just shoulders, like it, it felt good. And I leveled up quick because I was committed, right? And then they give you your stretches that you have to do. At home. Y yep, yeah. yep. And then your uh, cardio as well Yeah. is also advised at this point. Yes. Um, all right. And so how many, you know, how long was this after that you, you found out you had the injury that you found him? maybe a month? Yeah. So I found out that I had the herniated discs fairly quick. Like after the injury, it was like a couple weeks yeah. because it wasn't going away and it was getting bad. Yeah. Like right away. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right, so what does the process look like then when you were, when you found them and then you're doing the at-home exercises or yoga in the back of the GNC, like whatever it was, right? Yeah, you know? I mean, seriously. It was all day, right? Yeah, like you have to be on top of it. And so what's the time commitment with that? Man, it's, it's like every day, honestly. How long? Like as far as... Just like, just like basically the requirement to do what you did because so, oh, it's physical I get what you mean. therapy, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's at home maybe and in the, in the place that you went, um, 
but but do you think that's achievable for everybody i guess because you devoted a lot of time to that yes um i believe that everybody has a chance to make their physical position make improvements no matter where they're at yeah it's just you have to want it enough yeah and for me there just wasn't an option it's like i must get myself into a stronger position and from there it's just what do i have to do and then you just learn from other people and go through the process right and i'd say the most interesting conversation i had was with the the dl at the uh orthopedics office what's the deal the uh the the doctor that would do either the surgery or the injection okay so he's the one looking at the imaging yeah telling you what's going on specifically yeah what he recommends and why and that conversation it uh changed the way i look at anybody else being in that position and or how the health care system works in a way because it's as if I was being sold surgery. Like I could feel it. Really? Yeah. So he was basically sat you down and had a consult on this imaging, right? Yep. And he's pretty much the authoritative figure that most people would probably assume that he knew a lot on the subject and, and probably knew better than them. Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy is super intelligent, right? But you can tell when certain language is being used that I felt like I needed to get surgery and that I he also said that I wouldn't be able to do the activities I wanted to do. And so you're in this fear state. Right. When you leave the building, it's just not not a good vibe, not a good vibe at all. No. You know, I remember just walking out of there thinking this guy is basically saying my life's over and I need surgery. Like what? That's not a that's not an option. What were some of the limitations that he was saying? Right. Like like in your injury, what? Because these limitations must be common for other people. Right. They must see this shit and be like, dude. This guy is probably going to be screwed like the rest of them. Well, it's just like, dude, I snowboard. Yeah. I weight train. Yeah. Play hockey, you know, and he's just like, no. Oh. He's like, you're not pressing weight up over your head, you know, shoulder presses. Yeah. I mean, sure, you can get creative and find other ways to work your shoulders. But, I mean, th- that's just examples of things I was told. And and so snow- snowboarding and spike ball wouldn't have been on there either then. Oh, I mean, it's just... I, I I think it has to do with, like, the parameters they have to work around. Sure. Because then they're not and how many liable. People, and how many people do you think that they really see that might be in, you know, a certain physical state or that basically does those things that you're, they're, you're talking about, like, every day? Because, dude, there's a lot of people with sedentary jobs that hurt their back because of weakness and things like that, too they might not have been able to do those things to begin with. So it's kind of like, is it an overgeneralized conversation? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, that is a good question. Um, One of the main issues for putting stress on your body is obesity, right? Sure. So like when you're overweight, 
um, your body is just pulling a lot of uh, extra gravity around throughout the day. And that type of stress is going to cause issues on your back for sure. Yeah. Knees for sure. Yep. I mean, it, it just goes down the list. So in my situation, I wasn't overweight, which helps a lot, a yeah. lot for sure. Um, I do think, I mean, I bounced back within six months. Yeah. Pretty, pretty significantly. Like I was back jumping, catching footballs. I could play hockey again. So, all right. So you're sitting there leaving this place and you're like, wow, that's depressing as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do? Because, you know, basically you probably were able to then go ahead and continue with surgery if you wanted to go down that route. Oh yeah. It was on the table. Yeah. And so what happened, because that's not the route you chose. No, because as soon as you start reading about surgery, yeah, a discotomy, the replacement of your disc, you find out that the success, the success rate is just not high enough. Like there's just, people are not bouncing back at a success rate that is appealing to me. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, let's do this with PDR strengthening and I'm going to do the nerve block. Just block the sciatica nerve, like cut it off so then I can really dial in to this program because when you're receiving a pain response constantly, it yeah. makes it tough. Yeah. And, and so I get it when people say like, I can't do it, you know? Yeah. Cause it and, does hurt that bad. And, yeah. Like it does suck. So this dude was the same guy that actually did the injection of the nerve block though, right? Yes. So you just basically said, no, thanks on the surgery. Let's try right. the nerve block. Right. And then at the same time, you had already found this other place and were kind of like, hey, I'm going to give this a shot. Or did you have to go find that other place with the only other option is surgery? So you do the nerve block and then you're also doing your physical therapy program. Got it. And then also waking up, going to the gym every morning. Yeah. Doing the stretches, doing the cardio. Like it's just, it's a must. Yeah. Right? You have to get your day started in that way, or else it can be a slippery slope. Right. When you don't get those endorphins rolling and yeah, um, keeping the body loose. It makes it a little easier that some of those days you go straight to the gym for work too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But it's also why those things are really important to you too, right? You know, there might be some people that really don't mind not catching the football anymore. Um, but that's like what what what's more important to you? Like how much time and how much work are you willing to spend? Because the body is definitely an amazing thing and it will heal itself. Um, yeah. And and that's not to discount all the great medicine we have and everything else, but some of those type of injuries you hear very different stories very different stories between everyone. Yeah. So how the hell are you going to tell one person like, well, this is what I hate to see. Um, a guy came into the store like a year ago Yeah. and we got to talking. Yeah. Um, he was telling me about his injury and I think it was a, it was a knee issue. Common. Right. Something with the ACL. And, um, he was expressing how he experienced a similar conversation with his surgeon. But what he did was he took it literally where, Hey, you cannot do this and that. And we were talking about skiing, right. skiing, because I brought up the snowboarding and he hasn't skied a day since, but you could see it in his face. Like he would love to do that. Yeah. And it's just, 
it's too bad, right? Yeah. Because he took that conversation with the the certain yeah, yeah, you know, the, the governing body that's yeah. going to, you know, lead you one way or the other or has that authority. They only have a certain ability to lead you in a certain direction. Right, yeah. right. Um, and the thing is, is the longer you don't try to do those things, the less likely you're ever going to be able to do them. Because if you're literally saying, okay, I accept that, aren't you just slowly getting out of shape more? Because you just kind of eliminated all the physical activities. And I just think that, you know, I'm sure that there are back injuries that are absolutely necessary to have fused vertebrae and everything else. What was the surgery supposed to do for you? It was supposed to put, replace my discs essentially. Oh, so fake discs. Yeah. And then fake cushion and yeah. hopefully it doesn't deteriorate, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wild, dude. Yeah, and then you add the prescriptions on top of that, right? Because it's not that you were taking. It's not that cause, hard cause to just to, keep right? doing it. Yeah, it got to a point where I was just like, I'm done. Yeah, because you know, all of a sudden, you need that a couple times a day. Yeah, it gets it's the because you want though. that pain to go away. Yeah, and you know the <laughs> and solution. It's just not the long term route. No, no, it's really quick and easy at the time. Though. Yes, it is. Um, so money and insurance. Uh, you were 25 at the time, right? Yeah. I, so that was kind of fortunate. Yeah. It was a blessing just because I was under my parents' insurance at the time and, um, my mom works for children's hospital. So, so she had a great insurance yeah, policy. So it worked out. Right. That's good. So I, and I that referral was from your mom. Same, same deal. right? Yep. Yep. To the physical therapy therapy place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you didn't have to incur any of those costs, basically. I think there was maybe a couple smaller bills, like co-pays and whatnot, yeah. that, you, that you pay. But other than that, yeah. it was pretty... Pretty easy. Yeah. So six months went by. You're doing all that. It's been, what, three years now? Yes. So I probably forgot more often than I remember that you actually even had a back injury because dude, we're still doing whatever, right? Yep. So what's the status now? Oh, stronger, faster, more <laughs> really? flexible. Really? Yeah. yeah. I got to work on flexibility. That's my weak point <laughs> well, for sure. Yoga is huge for me. Especially now, like, right? Yeah. Like once or twice a week, if you're, when I'm doing yoga, I like heat yoga. Yeah. Um, so do I. It's too I'm bad that, yoga. you know, everything's closed right now. I do yeah, miss Yeah, you kind of need... I'm not pumping the heat in my house for heat yoga. No, no, no. That's not happening. <laughs> no. Um, but but yeah, that's a game changer, though, for the flexibility. Did you ever do shit like that beforehand or no? I did. I did, but I really dialed it in as part of, like, that's going to be a part of my weekly routine now. No exceptions. Just because of the difference it makes. Yeah. And just that the way you flow your spine, it's called flossing. Really? Like when... When you're, you're moving, up, you're oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you'll never see me doing that. <laughs> you'll never see me uh, doing that dance, though. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just things like that. When you implement them and take it seriously and commit, people will find that that mo creates momentum. Yeah, momentum, and then you just keep building on that. 
and then you just want more for yourself. Yeah. And I mean, it's just crazy when I look at these numbers, right? It's like a hundred billion dollars a year is what it costs Americans due to low back pain. For real? Yeah. Yeah. After, you know, you have to consider uh, lost wages and decreased in productivity to get to that number. But it's a big deal, right? Yeah. And then also, it is the single leading cause for disability claims. And, you know, people staying on disability is because of the conditions of their their backs. Yeah, that's pretty wild. And I do think that the back is kind of a mystery. It's the central part of kind of everything besides your brain. It's, you know, your brain's your mind. But the next interconnected thing is your spine. And pain is really hard to gauge from a third-party perspective. Like, I can tell you I'm in pain and I can, like, describe it to you. But ultimately, like, you can't fucking know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And right. so, so you know, it's it's a really different situation when you can or can't work it's really hard to distinguish and you can't really discriminate against that because it's different for everybody which really makes the remedies and therapies really hard to recommend because i'm sure there are people that need those prescription pills right it's just that bad and they don't have another solution or they're not willing to do the work that you did to rehabilitate and things like that so yeah it gets to be a fairly complicated conversation but when you first got injured, when you were looking for information and solutions, you know, when you go into the to the family practice and you go that route, do you think that it's represented as one of the only solutions? So you get passed around and you speak with a lot of different people. Yeah. Knowledgeable people. For sure. And if you ask them the right questions and pick their brains and take it seriously. Like they'll feed you some nuggets and it's good to pick up on that stuff. Simply, um, the, the piriformis. Yeah. It externally rotates your hip, but it's like right above the glute. Yeah. That muscle gets super tight just from sitting. Right. And implementing like rolling a lacrosse ball in that area was a huge difference maker for me. And I would just, have to do that throughout my day to just ease the pain a little bit, keep the hamstrings loose, loosen up the hips, it's the a, hip flexors. The I mean, it's just nerve that you're talking right, about, right, right. Yep. And at this point, you know, I'm mitigating the pain and just I'm, you know, early in my program, so yeah. I'm just trying to figure it out. At and this I don't point. even have a specific injury, dude. But that's one of the things that I get the most relief from because I sit all day now. Yo. You know what I mean? And and with that constricted L shape. It gets tight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just what other fucking motion do you do on a regular basis? Well, and this was what they recommended. So since I have a desk job, they said, you know, kneel down on one knee and work. Oh, because then yeah, stand stand idea. up. Sit you know, sit on a circular surface. So if you're constantly changing up your situation. It's forcing you, your body to yeah. adapt and strengthen. And then you can also posture check yourself. Sure. Because, you know, you want to have your ergonomics, your physical ergonomics, like, to a T when you're working, you know, and ergonomics is basically the, uh, the, you're weighing out the risks, 
mm-hmm. when you're working as far as like movements go. Okay. So just being structurally and timely efficient um, to do the job properly. And that even goes for a desk job. Like you don't, you, you don't want to be hunched over. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my or guy. you leaning like, you know, for or super reach, far back, or, you, know, you want to be upright. Sitting in the car and hunched over with your shoulders. Yeah. Like posture is important. Yeah. And, and you stay in those positions for a lot longer than you think. I mean, I know it's obvious you stay in those positions a long time, but to reverse them, you were talking about the stretch a couple of times a day. It's actually kind of hard to be disciplined enough to do that shit a couple times a day. I will say it's like, yeah. it's a change. Like you have to really want to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I was, I was obsessed about it though. Yeah. I know you were. I know you were. I saw you on the cameras fucking doing yoga. Back, <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, Wait, that's not creepy at all. Well, yeah, it's not. <laughs> but, but that's, that's the alternative. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's, you only get so many choices. There just happens to be more than one. <laughs> yeah, and, like, in those instances, the reason I'm doing that is because you get a little response. You're like, oh, okay, I'm a little tight right now. Yeah. And it's like, got to act on it. Yeah, especially if you're starting to realize that you're making progress and you're like, hey, dude, I got a shot now, right? Yeah. Where before you were kind of pigeonholed mentally and, and, and discouraged, which... What is the saying? If you can believe, believe it, achieve it, right? Like yeah. you, you like gotta believe that you're not destined to be not doing those things, because until you're paralyzed, I mean, I don't know. I've never had a back injury, but I damn sure I'm gonna see about doing the things I want to do. Yeah. And so you're back to normal, man. That's what's up, and uh, it couldn't happen at a better time either. Actually, just given the fact that you were still. Uh, young enough to be on the parents insurance so and I don't have an injury that is similar to that unfortunately mine seems to be something that I had to deal with forever maybe even though it's less common yeah what happened with you so I don't know how to pronounce it correctly but it's rhabdomyolysis or or I can spell it in my brain right now but Rhabdomyolysis, that's basically what it is. And and it's a disorder that is from basically injuring your muscles to the point where they break down muscle proteins. And it's not that common, especially just in, in like weight training and shit like that. But the first time that it happened to me really bad... I had like transitioned into an office job and was not doing, I was just wasn't in as good of shape and it, I was working a lot of hours and most likely dehydrated. Right. It, it, and I don't do everything right. I'm a fairly healthy guy, but like I do chew. Well, what do you do all day when you chew? You spit, right? So you're like naturally prone to dehydration. And so you like got to be aware of that. Well, I used to work out super aggressively all the time. I just, that's the way I did it. Right. It's fun that way, though. I like it, right? <laughs> you you know, just got to give her hell, yeah. right? And it's like, that's what I'm there to do. And like, that's... Buck. Yeah. And and the, the problem is, is when you start to have more days in between your workouts, you, you aren't used to... Your body's not used to breaking down and recovering as fast. And you're also not stretching and, and just being physically active. 
and I don't know how cardio plays a role in some of that process, but I'm sure it does. It transports nutrients throughout your body, through your bloodstream, right? And that like boosts recovery and everything else. So it was, dude, it was at, it was at, uh, Lifetime Coon Rapids. Okay. So I was living in Coon What Rapids. was the workout? Shoulders, bro. Okay. Favorite. <laughs> but I was just going super hard and, you know, doing high volume. And when you're, when, when you are still working out and you've been doing it for years, dude, you're still strong, right? Like your, your tendons and stuff might not be as adequately able to handle yeah, the weight load. Memory. Yeah. You have the muscle memory, right? And, and as soon as the pre-workout hits and the, and the, and the pump starts, yeah. it's, it's music's blasting. Yes. It's exactly. time to put in work. Yes. So after that, I go home, drink a bunch of water, whatever. While I'm sleeping, I fucking wake up and it, it, the pain is undescribable. It, it, when you move your muscles, it feels like someone is ripping them apart. You know when you see like the skin removed from a human on a computer screen or those museums and shit? Yeah. You can see the little muscle striations everywhere, right? Well, if I move them... I felt like I could feel every single muscle striation that was in the three shoulder muscles just like tearing apart. And, you know, when you lay down and I actually have prone shoulders like that, like I have pretty bad posture, to be honest. And so when I would lay down on my back, that's how I normally sleep. Even just like having my arms straight, that little motion would create massive amounts of pain. So... Uh, whatever i drank a lot of water i had to piss in the middle of the night yeah the problem was is my piss was so dark rusty red and it's been brown on occasion right like you yeah. like you've seen like not good looking urine but this was a different different deal dude yeah like it you looked, see it and you're like dude this isn't normal no and i'm and i'm also experiencing the like pain right and so yeah. I can't, I can't even like describe it with you, but in order to get out of bed, I looked like a hunchback, bro, because I had to like, like walk like this, because as soon as I went like that, it just felt like they were tearing and it was more my front delt, right? Like I beat those up way worse than the rest of it. It's of course you do. That's the number one yeah. delt muscle you work. Right. And so I was like, damn dude, this sucks. And I made it through the night. I fucking just like slept kind of sitting up, like legitimately sitting up. And I drank a bunch of water as fast as I could. But like the pain was so bad that I just didn't even fucking want to do anything but lay there. And so the next morning, it's still pretty bad. And, you know, I've had where I thought like lactic acid built up in my legs. Like my legs have gotten like severely sore before, like just so sore. So you've had it before in minor cases? I, I didn't realize it till later, but yes, I had it in minor cases. And that's oh, yeah. what I was saying. Like, I've seen my urine like a little bit different color. But, dude, I didn't really notice it, and it went away like that. Pee was clear again, no big deal. This time, though, it basically looked like blood, dude. And so it that, that muscle breakdown is, is muscle proteins going into your bloodstream and, and hemoglobin, which is basically blood. So I don't know, but I would have to assume that the reason why it's really bad is because there's no liver to bear the brunt of the toxins. 
normally when you do things to your body, like drink alcohol or consume drugs or fucking eat shitty foods like fast food, all of it goes through your liver first and then it goes through your kidney. And so your liver is much larger and can handle things. Your, your, your kidneys aren't meant to handle that stuff. So it's already inside of your body. So it definitely doesn't do, it's not filtered by your liver. It just goes straight to your kidneys. And so when you're peeing all that out, that's technically creatinine or, or that's the levels that you check. And so what happened is it didn't get better this time. And this was the only time I even was concerned at all. No big deal before, right? And so I had cryotherapy sessions for some reason. Like, we, I just bought them and I had them. So I'm like, damn, my fucking muscles are this, so I'm going to go get cryo. The problem was, dude, is I couldn't get inside the machine because it's relatively tight, right? But yeah. Dude, I had to put the gown on and I had to reach behind me. Bro, I was like wet. I was like trying to like literally position my arm on like the door handle so I could like force it behind me. Dude. It was a bad idea. It's a bad idea. And so that sucked. And I fucking left. And oh, I'm like, no. And I'm like, dude, what am I what am I doing, man? And like, dude, you, I have to drive, right? Like I have to move my Yeah. Yeah. So I'm You're like trying to hold or what? I'm trying to hold it down here, right? And I'm like going like this so I don't have to so I don't have to move my shoulders, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fucking pathetic. Oh my god. But I had to like go to work no. and do some other stuff. And so Pain subsides after like 24 hours, longest 24 hours ever. It was 24 hours, and that was that. Pretty much, dude. As soon okay. as it starts to, as soon as it starts to go away, as far as the muscle pain, it goes away, and it, my urine also cleared up. But this time, I could not. I could not. I just was falling asleep. That I was really fatigued. And I didn't really want to eat. And whenever I ate, I kind of was like, man, I feel nauseous. And so I went into the doctor and was like, hey, man, here's the deal. Don't know what's wrong with me. And they couldn't figure it out. They thought I looked normal. And they were like, we're going to check your liver and kidney, even though like last time you were in here, they looked fine. And, and I had them checked. I had a lot of my whole body checked as soon as I, you know. Well, one, had health insurance and two. Uh, it got stopped doing all the shit I was doing before. I was like, hey, maybe we should get some blood work done yeah. after that train wreck. Right. Fortunately, it was it was good, man. I had good blood work. And, and I was able to bounce back as a healthy dude. Well, I think two days went by. They called me. I was on my way to a bachelor party. Going to be leaving for the weekend, right? They called me and they're like, hey, you need to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, what? Like, uh, yeah, what do you man. mean, bro? Like, I, all I see is bills, 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 like just bills. And I'm like, yeah, all right. You already know that that's and, gonna be a part of the process. And I've never been there, bro. I've never been in the hospital. I don't want to fucking go, right? Like, I just don't want to go. I don't like them. I know they're necessary. I'm super glad they're there. I'm, I'm really thankful for that. But it's just not somewhere I wanted to go, right? Yeah, I mean, you just know what goes along with it. Yeah, and so they're like, you're on the verge of kidney failure because I was, like, demanding an answer. I was, like, not just going to show up there. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what that means, but that sounds legitimate, so I'll go ahead and go. Yeah. Uh, Happy you did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> right. And so I get there, and they're not telling me much, right? And... 
I'm not sure if you know much about this rhabdomyolysis, but it's weird and I've never heard of it. So for the viewers, I'll give you the full story. And so I got there and they just had a recommendation from my other doctor, right? They checked me in. Nothing's going on. They immediately hooked me up to fluids, though. They started asking me a bunch of questions. All They have pretty much had all the answers because I've already told everybody this. And I told them, I, dude, I worked out aggressively. Like, I know it's from working out. Like, it has to be something. And they kept asking me, like, dude, do you take protein powder and do you take this and that? And I'm like, yeah, but, dude, at the time, like, even though I owned the store, like, dude, I just, like, wasn't really even taking that much of that, right? Like, I was working back in the office job and just, like, just eating good, whatever. Right. And I, that's something I still do. I still bring my meals and, and, and still eat good during most of the days. And a lot of the reason is it just saves time. Like, I don't have to go anywhere and it's all planned out. So if you were to, like put one thing on why it happened why do you think the rhabdomyolysis uh occurred in your body that's a great question um i have to think that unfortunately after all said and done and i'll, and I'll get into why this is the case i think i'm just genetically predisposed to getting it i really think that's it there's only about 200,000 cases a year. It, it normally only happens in triathletes or uh, CrossFit athletes that are doing major, major endurance, usually outside in, in, in not controlled temperatures, right? And, and dehydration is part of the reason it can happen. And so for most instances, do they have the treatment readily available? And the treatment is literally just being hooked up to IV fluids. And so that's what they did at the hospital, and it, then that, that was it, right? They were just like okay. basically telling me, stay here, blah, blah, blah. And the whole time, dude, like, like I, I hate to say it, like I was kind of like digging myself out of a hole. I was already in like shitloads of debt six ways from Sunday from like school and just everything else. Yeah. And so, you know, I hadn't really been – I've never had any medical expenses, dude. I've never been prescribed to anything. Like, I just, besides, like, the common cold back in the day when you're young, like, I just fucking didn't need to go and do any of that. So I threatened to leave because they weren't telling me anything that was going on, and they were kept asking me redundant questions. Like, like what did I eat? What did I so your intuition led you to just be like, I'm out of here. No, my intuition like, led what, me to... What were you thinking about my, while you were there? My, my intuition led me to be like, I think they're going to give me a better answer if I threaten to leave. Okay. And and I could tell that like something was wrong with me where they were concerned to tell me what was wrong with me. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, dude, I don't care if they tell me I'm dying. Like, I fucking want to know the answer. Right, like, like let's keep it real. Yeah, and right I, now, and I get there's situations that kind of cause a panic, but like, dude, the stuff I've been through, like, I just was like cool with whatever the answer was. I was just cool with it, right? Like, I wasn't gonna be happy about dying or some shit, but I like wanted to know because that's just how, the quicker you know what's going on, the easier it is to accept whatever the current situation is. Right. And so they told me, you know, your, your, your toxicity levels, which are creatinine levels, are 20,000 and the normal range is 15 to 200. And I'm like, cool. Like, I don't know what the hell that means. And they're like, well, 
that's really high. And it means you probably have rhabdomyolysis, which is just a disorder of, and they didn't actually tell me the name until later, but they were like, we tested your kidney function too. And your kidney cleans the creatinine. So your kidneys need to do a shitload of work to get it back down to that normal range. They're like, the problem is, is your kidneys are testing at only 25% functionality. And they're like, that's pretty fucking low. And then they were like, so here's the deal is if they lose enough functionality, they die and they don't come back. And that is that is at the first point where I'm like, all right, I get it. Cool. Yeah, that's like the reality check. The reality check, right? And then I just asked one of them because you know, you if you conversate with them, they're they're they have rules to follow, but they're also people, Mm -hmm. so they'll talk to you in so many words. Yeah, right. And you know, I was just like, hey man, like, what is this cost, man? Like, I have brand new insurance. I haven't had insurance in like six years. Right. It all depends on your plan. And he basically said, he's like, dude. Like, we don't know the answer as, right. as as people here. And he's like, we can't even tell you till like, days after you leave here. Like, we just don't have the ability. And I'm like, cool, whatever. Like, I'm fucked. I'm here. Like, I'm not leaving. Yeah. And uh, then actually later, I did get a little foolish and stubborn and, 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 and had a little FOMO, basically. Fear, yeah. fear of missing out yeah. if you don't know what FOMO is. Because, dude, all my boys were up north having a bachelor party, right? And so 24 hours later, the kidney doc comes in. They got me hooked up to fluids. They told me the game plan. And they monitor you for, like, cardiac arrest and other weird shit that can happen when you dilute your body with electrolytes and, and these fluids. And so... But that's literally it. It just they hook you up the fluids and and it dilutes your body and and then your kidneys can work a lot easier and my mind would bounce back and and the toxicity level is going down. Looking back at it, I left a little bit too early. I was trending in the right direction. I was young. I didn't have any kidney pain. I honestly didn't have most of the symptoms that they even were telling me I had as far as physical feelings. So you would have stuck around longer if you know going back. Yes. Yes. And, and I think it's because what I realized about insurance and everything else, I'd already racked up so many bills at that point that my, I was already paying like the maximum I was going to pay that year. So whether I stayed there another day or whatever, did they give you a percentage of like what your kidneys were operating at? They were all the like way back. Once you they left. were all the way back to 65. 60. Nice. Yeah. And that was within 24, 24 hours, 24 hours. Yeah. And so Wow, I just was like, awesome. I was just like, yo, like, yeah, if I can don't drink alcohol, you know what I mean? Like, what am I going right. to do? I'm going to go to a bachelor party and hang out with my friends at a lake, at a cabin, and drink a bunch of water. You know what I mean? Right. And the, so that's what I did. Me and Iverson freaking rolled up there a day later. Yeah, and, yeah. and we chilled, and I was kind of tired a little bit, you know? But I, I just went and got the lab work done, I think, three weeks later. It was all back to normal. So looking back at it, I was like, oh, crap, dude. I've had it like multiple times, definitely multiple times. And then the shitty part was is I had a problem controlling it happening again after that. And so now rolling forward, like what type of things have you implemented? Because 
it's almost like these things happen for a reason. Yeah. Right? I don't want to say the cliche, but, you yeah. know, when I look back at it, it's almost like I needed it a little bit. Like, you're, I'm... You're not invincible. I'm not invincible. Yeah, I know. And I need to continue to learn. Yep. And it's just like, all right, check yourself, but Before you wreck you know, yourself, right? That's right. <laughs> no, but, like, I... I have implemented stuff because as you, as you just trial and error it, right? Because I was like, I don't want that to ever happen again. I still want to work out though. I still want to be yeah. active and I actually still want to lift weights and, and, and heavy weights. And I want to do it the way I want to do it. Well, that has limitations as you get older. And I don't like, like you asked me, what's the number one cause on why this happened? I like literally don't have the answer and nobody else seems to either. Um, it's like a multitude of things here. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, ultimately I just feel like there's something wrong with my muscles. Like why are they breaking down like that? Why are you releasing hemoglobin into the bloodstream? Like, why is it happening? Because since then, dude, I've had really mild cases. I, I, I've only had one other one where I went to the hospital and I'll, I'll give the rundown on that. But other than that, it's been super mild. And, and I came in tune with my body where when I experience a certain pain while I'm working out, like I can feel it if it's, I don't know, one set, two set, three set, four sets into the exercises, like whatever. Yep. I can begin to feel it. like and Starting I'm, or something? like The pain, I know it seems contrary to fucking getting gains, but... And I have lost all my gains since quarantine, but I fucking run outside now. And so cardio Carl now. Yeah, no shit. Right. <laughs> um, so you can begin to feel it. But basically, dude, is is by the time you feel it, it's basically a little bit too late. You, you pretty much have it. A wow. Little. So you should just get out immediately. Yeah. Out pretty, of the gym. Pretty like. much. And and. Anybody that works out consistently has higher levels of, of creatinine in their body. It registers as a protein molecule, so you probably eat more protein. You break down your muscle repeatedly, and you repair it. No big deal. It's normal as fuck. Your kidneys can handle a shitload. Because I thought 20,000 was crazy on the levels, right? Okay. But this last time that I went in, my levels were 50,000. And it was way less of a big deal. Like the pain, the amount of time it took me to recover. And like, keep in and that mind. That just doesn't like, even like, seem to make sense, right? You'd think. Well, the problem the is. The higher the number, the worse the pain, the worse the situation, right? Yes. Except for I did not go get tested until so long later, my first time that I experienced that really bad one. Because I didn't know what, it, I didn't know what was going on. I never even knew this was a thing that even happened to people. And so. By the time I got to the doc and said, hey, what's wrong with me? Like, test me up. It was already about seven or eight days later. This next time, it was 48 hours. And what I did in that 48 hours was different than what I did previously because I knew that IV solutions were the solution. I mean, like, it, it provides a buffer. Well, what I also learned is you're not really supposed to buy those and use those in that manner for yourself. And there's no other place that you can go besides a hospital or an emergency room or a specific urgent clinic with a recommendation, which is bullshit because you can't get there fast enough, right? Like this is an urgent thing. Yeah. So you have all these hoops to jump and it's one of those things you need like 
Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And so, uh, but you can, you can, you can buy all this shit, right? It's no big deal. You can buy it. It's just kind of odd. Yeah. Like where'd you, where'd you go? Just bought it online. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I'm sure I'm really actually not quite sure why, you know, a personnel at a little league game in the summertime in Alabama doesn't have a fucking IV bag to use too, right? It's a pretty decent thing to have in an emergency situation for so many different things. Heat stroke, whatever. Vikings camp, like you know all they you know they have IV bags there. Yeah. So is the shelf life on them pretty good? No, like it's, that it's might not, be why. It's still months, dude. It's oh, it still is. Months. It is. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so yeah. but long story short, dude, I, I like was still kind of stubborn and and didn't want to didn't want to go back into the hospital stuff to deal with this all the time because at this point it was happening to be about once a quarter. And one day in the hospital last time was like $10,900. And so, you know, I started to do a little bit of recon Whoa. and I, and I looked at the tests and the cost of the tests and things. And, and I didn't have an insurance policy that covered a lot of this stuff until you got to a pretty high amount. Mm-hmm. And my whole life, I never really went to the doctor. So it's like, I was going to pay the max amount. Like it, it was nice to have insurance. It was an Oh shit policy. You yeah. know, like I, if I had yeah, those casualty house, plans, but, and I did have an Oh shit moment, but the problem was I was going to have a bunch of future Oh shit moments with this going on. And I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, dude, I can't incur these costs like on an annual basis. Like I, I got to figure out a way to figure this out and that's by not making it happen. And then if for some reason why it does happen, and this isn't recommended to anybody, and this is arguably stupid, but whatever. I'm just saying it's my choice, and and I, this is how I chose to do it. So, you know, you have those at your house ready to go because what happens is is especially if it happens to your legs, the pain's so bad that dude, it sucks, and 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 the better results you can get. Are, are treating it early, right? So what happens is when you go to sleep and, and your body sits still, it becomes stiff. And that's when the muscles freeze up and the excruciating pain happens to get him back going. I've never once had it happen where I worked out in the morning and by like noon or 5 p.m. or 8 p.m., I was like in severe pain. Never once, dude. But every time when you go to bed or you then sit, it hits. It, you yep, it hits. And then when you wake up in the middle of the night, it's really hard. Talk to about great timing. I know. And <laughs> so it's really hard to move around, dude. And, you know, so I'm sorry, but even to just get to the hospital and do all that stuff takes time. So I just wanted some emergencies, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so you're taking, it's just, it's uh, just you found a different option. Yes. I found a temporary will, solution in an emergency is basically right. what I found. You're thinking ahead of time. Yes. In case something happens, it's the uh, the emergency plan. Yes. And which and, and it's really the emergency plan because after the research, I can't you it can't be permanently treated by yourself because you really should not or I am not willing to do this. You really shouldn't put too many bags in you. Because you can screw up your electrolyte balance. Like at once or throughout your lifetime? Or Just what do you think? In, in too short of a span. You got it. Yeah. Because if you dilute it, right, there's sodium in it. And, and sodium bicarbonate is in saline solution or whatever bag. Because there's a lot of different types of bags. Yeah, I bet. Um, but 
that can really fuck up your internal equilibrium and like you can have seizures and stuff. Okay. But once again, one of those nice nurses, uh, pretty much like by the questions I was asking, I, she knew what I was about to probably could do was to prepare just in case. And she pretty much said, Hey, be careful. You should probably not put over this many bags in you because then you started to get it in the wrist zone. And I read that online too. I mean, you got to search for a while, but you can find legitimate stuff. Well, I did that. And, and then I went to a place in Edina that has, uh, you know, IV solutions and there's beauty solutions and there's vitamin solutions and there's the hangover cure solutions. And yep. they're like expensive, dude. They're for rich people basically. But yeah, they, they sell them out in Vegas too. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but you have to be a licensed somebody to actually administer that stuff. And that's why it's so hard to get all these things and things like that because they can be misused and cause a lot of problems. But I'm kind of like weighing the financial cost because again, I like have so many that I created for myself before that, you know, when you look at it, let's say you make a hundred grand a year. If you're paying, you know, five to $10,000 a year, just on your health stuff, it's like, dang dude, like that's, that's kind of hard to make up for. You know what I mean? It's a big, it's a big percentage of your income and it's just a big deal. And so what I realized when I was going there was I was really just getting a really similar treatment. And, and the one thing that I found out was you can go get lab results independently for literally one tenth of the cost. And those lab results will give you good indications on whether or not your body's functioning because they do the same thing there. Not to mention the turnaround times, like literally just finding other options. Yeah. And dude, yeah. it's the most convenient thing in the world. You walk in there, you get tested and you have your results like a day later. It's right. a faster turnaround time than the alternatives. Mm -hmm. You got to know how to read them though. And so I figured all that out. And like I said, it's an oh shit plan. Well, this time my kidney started to hurt a little bit, even though I got the test and they said it was functioning fine. The reason why I'm saying trialing and error is because I fucking bought the test but it didn't include the one thing I needed, which was the total creatinine count. Okay. And I found that test later for like an extra $9 and 99 cents. And it, they just do it all at once, but I, I screwed it up. And <laughs> so I'm like, shit, I'm feeling pain in my kidneys. I don't, let's go check this out because unfortunately what can happen is you can be put on dialysis. Ooh. And what that means is, is your kidneys are dead and your blood still needs to get cleaned. Otherwise you end up with some thing that I don't know the name of it, but like you die from just having too much toxins in your blood. And, and it's probably a really shitty way to die. Yeah. It's not where you want to be. No. So that's a life changing thing though, right? You go into dialysis at a place for four hours, three times a week. Now you're really talking about like, you don't have any option. That is your life. Yeah. So, that's why I'm saying this is not like advisable by any means, but, but you get aware of your body really quickly. You know, yes. you know, I know it's going to happen now before I go to bed, before I'm dehydrated, before my urine's a color, before anything is anything, you can literally prevent it from, from attacking your liver. I'm sorry, your kidneys. And then if it's not a mild one, you got to go figure it out and, and our great healthcare system will do that for you. And, and because it's a fucking emergency. Yeah. And so I went there 
and they're looking at me like I'm insane. Like, well, dude, where did you even get these lab results? And I'm like, I got them for 40 bucks in one city over. And like, yeah, what was the place called? You go to walkinlabs.com and they have independent laboratories. One's Quest Labs and one's, okay. um, can't remember the other name. Hey, other options. Yeah. And dude, they're, they're just legitimate places that are just sitting there. And when I walk up, dude, there's, there's people everywhere. Everybody uses them. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't know about them before. Yeah. And so you can get anything checked, dude. You can get your blood sugar checked, your testosterone levels checked, your your just anything you want. Yeah, it's a sweet deal. Yeah, and especially if you don't have insurance, they're reasonably cost alternatives, and and they're arguably the same people everybody else uses, right? So, uh. Honestly, that's a great place to, like, find out where you're really at, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, getting blood work done. Yes. And checking hormones. I agree. I mean, it's... And it's probably the, recommended that you do it while you're younger so you have a baseline because those things are, again, super individualized, right? The normal range of tests is 250 to... 250 or 350 to 800. But that's that's, like, not an accurate representation because if you're a dude that started off at 500 and you now are at 400, you're basically normal, right? You just got older. But if you're a dude that was at 800 and now you're at like 300 or 350, whatever the low end is. Well, you're going to feel way different. You're going to feel way different. And, and so that's where not having a baseline is a problem because you don't really want to do anything to your body if your body's used to functioning on a lower spectrum than average because it's all relative to what you're used to feeling. And then if it's low, like as a young adult or whatever, like sure, then then figure it out because if you're feeling symptoms of, of low T, for instance, right? Like there are replacement therapies and stuff like that. But that's a permanent deal, right? Like that's another decision that you're gonna have to accept, right? If you, if you choose to go on that hormone re- replacement therapy, you're gonna be on it forever. And if you want to have kids and stuff like that, you might have to get off it for a little bit and and stuff like that. But if it improves your quality of life, you legitimately benefit from it. It's just like, and, and so sometimes that can be probably prescribed maybe too early in one's life because you don't have a baseline, but none, none of those tests were ever recommended to me until I had a problem. You know what I mean? I kind of went in and and got tested when I, when I got uh, my life together and again, they kind of looked at me like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, I didn't have any insurance. I was like, charge me the money. Yeah. Oh, it's $500. Oh, sweet. Fuck. Right. Well, it turns out it's a lot cheaper than that. You just don't walk into the doctor to do it. You just have to know what tests you want conducted and find them independently. It's crazy how these things happen, though. And then you get brought to a crossroads in your life. And then it opens up your mind to, like, for instance, what you're just explaining. Like, you went and found answers yeah, based off your current situation. Yeah, and there and are just, a lot more like, answers out there than people think. And, and, you know, there are some medications that people need, and they're expensive. And you can actually find those in a lot of other places. And they are legitimate. They may not come from here. And, unfortunately, I do think that's against the law to order those. Uh but oddly enough, most of the raw ingredients for pharmaceuticals, which we consume the most as America, and we're only about like 5% of the world population, literally, we consume 
the most prescription pills in the entire world combined, probably times 10, and, and we only have 5% of the world's population. So that in itself seems a little odd. I mean, wouldn't you think uh, there's a little capitalism behind that? Yeah, I mean, I do, for sure. And, and but, but here's the deal. I do feel like it might not be the fault of the consumer, but dude, a lot of people sure as hell want a quick fix. You know, and so you're asking Definitely. for that stuff. It's also advertised on our television, things like that. Other countries don't have that allowed. Like, it's just not really, you can't do it. So it's kind of odd that a consumer knows the brand name of a prescription before they walk into the doctor and request it. But, you know, that's the way our healthcare system is built. And somehow it still yielded the best healthcare system in the world. When you talk about top quality care, we just have some financial problems associated with that, right? Like, it's just definitely, we have, we have some. We have some weight that our country. A high percentage of bankruptcies are due to medical. Medical, yes. Yes. And it's yes. It's alarming. Like it's 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 alarming and it's unfortunate. It's like what's going on here? It's unfortunate too because um, it's necessary, and I don't even want to even think about what all this stuff. I mean, dude, our hospitals are probably full of people dealing with COVID and there's bills associated with that. And I don't know anything about it, but like all previously to this, dude, we had a bunch of economic stressors because of, you know, the overall cost of care. And the reason why I call it economic stressors is just because we're also providing to care to a bunch of people that, um, you know, can't afford it. And, that's why our country is awesome in many respects, but there's still something a little out of whack, right? Because the government actually can't afford to do that either. And nor can the average individual in my opinion. And as a male, I don't fucking need to do any like maintenance checks for real. Not really. You monitor your hormones, you know, whatever. Females have a lot more stuff that they need to annually get and whatnot. But no, I'm with you on that. But like the, incentivization to have surgeries, you know, just the vibe that you got, the vibe that we're seeing, which is basically when electoral procedures get taken out of the equation. Keep in mind, electoral procedures are not really electoral. Like some of them are really, really necessary. They're just not COVID and they make hospitals money. And now you can see that our system is dependent on on revenue because they're letting nurses go and everything else. And so you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting scenario because for me, I look at my long-term finances and my retirement and all the things that I have going on. And for me, I just, I'm like, I need to know enough to make the decision that I want to make. Because if you start paying these costs at 33 and, and you start paying those your whole life, dude, that's just a lot of money. And, Definitely. and, and I, and I'm, and I make good money, so I have to pay good money and, and it's, that's just the way it is. Yeah, that's and, right. and, and that's fine. Like it's fine, but, but it's such a motivator to make sure that I'm you do doing every, the right thing yes, that works yes, for me, like 100%. that I'm willing to live with hundred percent. And, and you know, that there's risks to that, you know what I mean? Uh, especially in my case where if you get it bad enough, which is really rare, to be honest, it's already a rare thing to get rhabdo, but it's even more rare to actually just straight up die from it. But if you just left it untreated, 
especially if you're a hardcore athlete out in the sun doing a trial, like you could just die. You just fucking die. Really? Yeah. So, you know, needless to say, it's something to be concerned about. And that's why I will. That's why you're dialed in to what you have to do to make sure it doesn't happen. Exactly. And that's why you can't have enough, you know, too much pride. I probably have pride around this or whatever, but you got to go in when you got to go. You have to take your self care very seriously. Yeah. Like it is a, it is a primary need. Yes. For everybody. Yes. And you just, it's, it's, it's a requirement, honestly. Like if you want to put yourself out there as the best possible person you can be and then help others, taking care of yourself is just, there's a reason gotta, why you got to do it. You got to do it, dude. And there's, like, there's a no way around why it. they say health is wealth, because if you stay healthy, you know, you're not spending money on medical expenses. Big win. You might be Huge able to, win. you can't really out earn those. Like if you have bad medicals and you have to pay for all of them and don't get me wrong, there's so many different programs that help so many different people. And I don't know the answer to all of them, but you, there's a lot of great stuff out there, but you can get into a easy trap if you don't pay attention to what you're right. doing, right? You can start having, you have to be around people that enforce positivity that you're going in the right direction you have the vision that hey i want to be here and other people around you want that for you too and luckily i had um that throughout my recovery yeah Uh, my girlfriend at the time had the same injury really yeah it was wild yeah it was it was wild she got it before i did and then i got it and you know it was a couple of 80 year olds you know yeah, in a 20 year old body right and it's just like I got not s- a good situation but no, it's not but you have people that want the best for each other you know your family and then you just vibe off that and yes. keep momentum going yeah and you can have conversations about it because you know ultimately it's it's your decision what you want to do right? don't get me wrong like it's it sucks right like going through it yeah. there's gonna be times where you know you're an asshole and you're pissed about yeah. the pain or whatever it may be of complaints, but it's just having people that, you know, you can go to, to get you through it, yeah. but you got to stay on that, your purpose. You, you have that vision, you know where you want to be. You're going to do everything to like put yourself in the best case scenario. Yeah. And then mine, dude, back to what you asked me, like, what did I do? I basically had to check my ego forever because I can't walk in the gym and just start lifting weights. I have to make sure I actually am like in tune yeah. with what I'm doing and dude, like, so, so it, you had an it, ego it, death. Yeah. It weakens your muscles though, man. When, like after you get injured like that, with that muscle body part, dude, it's weak for a while. Like it bounces back, but like, dude, you can't like pick up heavy weight the next day. You can't pick up heavy weight like two days later, like the small movements. Yeah, And you really enjoy that. Yeah. And, but you can tell like, it's just a shit sandwich, dude. Like, because if you're trying to just continuously, you know, improve your health, be in shape, which is basically my deal now. I used to be more about aesthetics or whatever, but now it's just I'd enjoy it, right? Yeah. So it was, it was, it happened at the right point in my life where I was like, not like, damn, dude, I'm going to like. Now you're thinking longevity. Yeah, exactly. So. Which should be on everybody's mind to some degree. Yeah. You yeah. know, like how. How can I live 
the longest, most prosperous life. Yes. And accomplish the things I want to do because what's on my checklist is a lot of physical things, right? Like I want to go surfing in a lot of different areas of the world, snowboarding and um, just all these things, right? And And you have to be in good shape. You have to be pain-free to a certain degree. And And dude, it affects your everyday enjoyment if you're not. And, And so, you know, being able to prolong that also, dude, it makes you more productive at your job. Yeah, it, it, it just helps everything. And so it's the one thing that is a lot of in your control, even though there's a lot of easy temptations to fall into that make it really easy to not see the, the digression and then and then having to revert that. We've seen so many people at the GNC, dude, like or even your personal training clients where they make some progress, right? But more ideally, at a young age, you want to you want to stay, you want to stay in that line of progress, mm-hmm. and and it's possible. It for surely is, and it's possible to come back no matter no matter what. I mean, maybe not no matter what, but everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah, and, and it's just I th- this guy came into GNC and he knows my brother from yeah. LA and he's paralyzed. Um, you know, he's in a wheelchair and doing everything on his own, right? But just most upbeat attitude. Yeah. Crushing it, right? Like this guy was a good vibe to be around and hitting the gym still, doing everything he can. And it's just when he left, I felt so motivated by that because he has taken his situation and representing himself in a way that impacted me. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it's just like... Makes you grateful, and especially, right. it's like, hey, like, no matter what, dude, the negative attitude is not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, so, many, so much yeah. respect for that, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, we'll see where that leads, and, um, and, and I did figure out, and I learned a lot by actually going to the hospital in that experience, and just what it costs, how it works, because, dude, I didn't even know anything. And it's actually a really intimidating process because, dude, some of the bills that I had to pay, like, dude, they were, like, lost. Like, there was just so many of them. Wow. Because they're all broken down into, like, subcategories of this and that. And so it was all very confusing. And then... Does that pop up on, like, your uh, collections or, like, on your credit report or, it does like, lost bills? It, no, no, no. It, it, it does if you don't take care of it. But Got it. I was the first time logging into, like, a medical website portal, dude. Like, my, like How was that functionality? I don't know. Good as expected, I guess. But okay. Before, dude, it was just I was always on my parents' insurance. I never had to deal with it. Yeah. And I basically just never really had any issues. And so you start to figure all that out. And hopefully going forward, because right now it's 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 pretty easy, dude. I don't I don't do a whole lot. I just maintain. I sometimes do bands in my office. I go on runs. I do the foam roller. I, I stretch. But really, I mean, it's it's pretty lax right now. And, and from time to time, you'll still strength train. Like yeah. if the gyms were open, yes. like, you know, I, 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 you I still. fully intend on going back. Oh, for sure. As soon as they open up, yeah. I'm going to have to chill. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep the level, the fucking volume in my earphones uh, at a certain level. Yeah. Because it sucks, dude. Like, and I, dude, it's just part of getting older. Like, I know every time it happens, like, I just feel way more incapable of processing that toxicity. Like, I can just fucking feel it. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, I'm not sure how much you know about Rabdo, but that's basically the gist of it. And it's a sneak attack because you can have it a bunch of times. And if you're young and healthy, dude, I blew right through that shit. I just thought it was sore as fuck because I squatted my life away the day before. Yeah. You know, like you're supposed to feel like that, right? Like you were just nonchalant. Like this is, it was no. just a hard workout, like initially. Well, yeah. And, and, and just like, dude, like the pain was so sore. bad. The pain was so bad where I was like, this is not normal. But I was it, talking about the first times where like you didn't even know, but yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. what I'm talking about. And and what I'm saying is, you got to pay attention because pain isn't always gain, right? Like yes, you should be sore, blah blah blah. But dude, after you get into a certain level of shape and you don't deviate from that routine, you don't get sore like the first time you hit legs. Like it doesn't happen, and that is, that's where, that's where my. That's why I got to get to again, because when you stay in that routine and you stay in that shape, that stuff sh doesn't happen to me. It doesn't. It, 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 my body works like normal. But as soon as I deviate from that and, and something isn't paid attention to, like water or, or you know how frequently I've been exercising and all that, it can cause a serious problem. And so it's something I'm going to have to continue to pay attention to and, and I'll figure it out and hopefully it's figured out to the point where it doesn't happen and, and alters my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Cause currently right now I'm in the same boat as you dude. I get to do everything I want. It's awesome. I love it. Right. But pretty much what I've came to realize is if you get wrapped out, you're more susceptible to get it again. Most likely depending on the scenario, if you get a back injury or an ankle injury, yeah. or you're more susceptible to get round again. two is a lot easier. Yeah, to come by. So, so you gotta you gotta be on your p's and q's. That's right. You, you gotta be dialed in with your regiment. Yeah. And there's just no excuses. Yeah. For me. No. No. Because it, you know, if it happens again, you know, it it's something that I'm gonna know how to deal with. Yes. But also. You know, you just don't want to deal with it no. in the first place. So no. that's Especially why you're that's why to go to work and make money and do all the other shit. You got yeah. kids or whatever the case may be. Like you have momentum going for you. Yeah. Once this hits your hits the, your reality, it stops. Yeah. But in a way it does. But you got to do what you got to do. But in, to get it back going, yeah. you cannot sit in this mindset that you're a victim. And feeling bad for yourself. And yours probably and, requires more actual conscious effort in, in, in doing all the physical things. Yeah. I mean, it was do. a six month Mine uh, ordeal is more so educating yourself and getting educated by professionals and then literally just being self-aware of your body, not to push it too far, which dude, I'm sorry. is really difficult because when you go in the gym and your guys are there and you're all working out, like it's tough because I literally just have to like sometimes be like, Dude, no, like it's not the day. Yeah. Like, and, and dude, it's like, but that's okay. It's, it's like three sets in. And it's like, dude, what do you mean? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, well, I'm sorry, dude. I can't sit here and explain rhabdomyolysis to you. So I'm yeah. fucking done for the day. Right. <laughs> you know? So that's good, though. Yeah. Um, to a certain degree. Like, it's good to push, right? But you know what's best for you. Well, I just have to be self-aware enough so I can find that find that fine line where I can still apply enough effort to get satisfaction out of it because that is satisfying to me to push myself without getting myself into trouble. So it's really just ego check 
right. right? And like paying attention. Sometimes not working out with headphones actually helps that out a lot because you get in the zone a little bit when you're listening to music. Okay. Um, at least I do. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. Without without question. Yeah. I'll be blaring the metal music. So throwing the weights up. Um. So listen, dude. Random question because I never have actually asked you. Which was weird when you bought your first house because like. I do lending, mortgages, right? But like being on the other side of it as the employer, I had to do your verification of employment and I was like, what the fuck is this thing? And now I understand why it's so complicated for us to request those. Totally another conversation, but I don't know how old you were, pretty damn young, but you had a significant amount of money, dude. So how long were you saving to get to that amount of money? For like my down payment? Yeah. So. What was it, 22 you bought it? Something like that? 20. What was it, 2015? That's five years ago. 23. 23. 23. All right. Yeah, so, man, I was mowing lawns at like 11 years old, right? I mean, I don't know and, that. But all right, yeah. And it just was like a part of the deal. My parents taught us how to save money. And the importance of using it as a tool. Yeah. And so I was putting money away for a long time. A long time. Probably, and what would that be? That would be 12 years. So so you basically your parents were like, hey, we're fucking savers around here, right? Basically. <laughs> it's like you're going to get a savings account, and that money is going to go in there. And, and then, you're going to watch it grow. And then you're going to turn it into something else later on instead of, you know, buying Pokemon cards and video games. Yeah, dude. Um, whatever. So right? at the time, just because that's what you can do. You mow lawns and then you want to do whatever at the time. Yeah. And it's like, OK, I'm going to put it away. So uh, that's yeah. And, and like, you know, I won't get into the details, but it was a significant amount of money to put down on your first house at that age. Especially, like, just because I knew, like, you weren't making, like, crazy money, right? Like, that doesn't happen until you're older, right? right? And, I mean, some people are doing awesome shit at that age and making boatloads of money. But, like, you're not making what you're making at that age. So, I was surprised about it. But... Well, and I'm just super conscious about that part of my life too. Yeah. So, so is that really just because your parents like instilled that, or well, like what's the deal with it? Because, dude, I don't really see that a lot. And Kobe randomly told me a story about Mexico, and of course, he just is like Mitch the weird ass, right? Because <laughs> he's he's the opposite character a little bit, right? Like uh, you only live once or whatever. But I think you like spent all your money. And, like, you guys weren't going home for a little bit. You got drunk, spent all your money or whatever. Yeah. And you guys were, like, eating. And you were, like, nah, I could just, like, make it till I get home. <laughs> <laughs> but you're in fucking Mexico. Oh, man, I don't specifically remember that, but it sounds like something I would do. Just like, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I maybe you were leaving the next day or some shit. But, like, I just remember. Yeah, like, I'll be fine. So, I, don't need to, I don't need to spend money right now. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> or something, I don't know. But, like, is that basically it? Like, you were just like, hey, I'm just going to save as much money as I can and just, like, stuck to it and never changed? Well, I just knew 
that at some point I was going to need it for something um, that you advised me to do, right? Buy that first house and fill it uh, with buddies, man. And it's, uh, you know, you helped me out a ton with that. So dude, I've always it, been grateful for the advice that you've uh, provided me. I appreciate it, dude. And, and, and it, dude, it was cool because it, my experience was like really sweet too, because I was living with people that like were my friends and it was sweet. Oh yeah. It wasn't I mean, it, like we great. were living with fucking Craigslist and people we didn't know. Like it was just on a win win. No, yeah. It's cool. Like, yeah. So for those on, of you that on their know, end, yeah, it yeah. works out. Yeah, it's it, it's awesome. It's the house hacking. You know, you buy a house, you fill it with a couple roommates, and 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 it's a good time uh, as long as you pick the right people, and it allows you to uh, really lower your expenses and and keep that savings account mm-hmm. replenished if that's what you want to do. If you want to have extra fun, it provides for that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um. So, the last thing that uh, I want to ask you is is personal training. Did you get into that right out of right out of high school? Because your brother's in it too. Like, how do y'all end up there? So, my first job was at Fitness Nineteen. Oh yeah, right out of high school. Got it. Um, I remember that. <laughs> I met you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, you at the front desk or something? Right, it yeah. was just like an entry level job. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to play lacrosse that year. I just didn't want to deal with it. I'd rather work and make money, and, and instead of dealing with like the politics and whatever that sure. went along with it. Uh, so my girlfriend at the time got me a job at the gym. I just basically cleaned the equipment, and even worked in the kids' room, which Whoa. was uh, right, right. Pretty big for Mitch, guys. You know, get a little kickball going on, some Uno, but it, it, it was fun. I remember that I, club. I, yeah, I learned I learned a lot by dealing with that. And uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, and uh, basically, I met Colby. Yeah. And Nick. Yep. And I saw how those guys lived their lives with their clients and how they were helping people out, and just the vibe around the job. Yeah, it and, definitely seems like you you uh, dude, you enjoy it. It flows. Right, right. Yeah. So that's basically how it happened. Yeah. Because from there you get into sales and you sell memberships. Yeah. You know, I didn't do the cleaning and kids' room for that long. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, I can do something else, and then then you just turn into a personal training. Yeah. Uh, from there. Yeah, and then you know, since then, and then you know, we won't get into too much detail, and then we'll wrap it up with a fucking embarrassing story of my life last night but uh you get into insurance and now you're kind of multitasking a couple different things and i actually think that's kind of a a nice luxury to be able to do because it makes you a little diversified if you have a short attention span it actually you know makes it kind of nice Mm -hmm. um and so you've been rocking that for a little while what would you say yeah, I'll just throw it out there. You you also have another job on top of it, right? So you got three basically. Right. Oh, wait. One. Yeah, I have three. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I like staying busy. It's right. it's stimulating right. for me that that and, short attention span. And so, I mean, what's up with that, dude? Do you just like like it or or you know do you find it difficult to manage those three jobs or is it just three things that you kind of find enjoyable and it fucking works itself out? 
yeah, it's enjoyable. It works itself out. You just have to be on top of timing, right? Yeah, juggling. The, yeah, you yeah. have to um, designate time block yeah. for everything. But once you get rolling with it, everything things yeah. just fall things fall into place yeah. and it works out perfectly. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So basically, I've, I've I've been messing around with Bitcoin, right? Okay. And this is just a dumbass story. And don't do this. And this is a thing that happens in the world. But, dude, I was online last night. I was uh, on YouTube for some reason. And I saw a live video. And hopefully most people don't make it to the end of this because we're going long. And hopefully don't even fucking hear this. But, <laughs> but, like, I knew it was fake. I knew it was a fucking scam, dude. But I just couldn't help it. Oh, I just fucking no. had to do it. No. And so it's a fucking... Let's hear it. It's a video of... Uh, Al Wozniak, I believe that's the name, Al Wozniak, which is the co-founder of Apple way back in the day. It's got some Bitcoin giveaway nonsense on there. Oh, no. Comments are turned off. Fucking dead giveaway. Oh, gosh. So basically the deal is uh, Al Wozniak's giving away Bitcoin or, 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 or technically it represented the, the Bitcoin exchange was giving it away. So you could send up 0.1 up to 20 bitcoins, and and then it, it would be wired back to you, right? Okay. But it would be wired back to you in the twice the quantities. That's how the giveaway worked. You wire you wire 0.1, and then you get 0.2. Sounds like free money. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm sitting there. I'm fucking tired. I'm just like, my bitcoins appreciated lately, meaning it's worth more, right? So I'm like, fuck it, I just can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I send point one. Well, what I didn't really realize, dude, is point one's like almost a thousand dollars. Bitcoin's ten grand right now. It's it's not the end of the world either way. But long story short, send it over. And of course nothing came back. <laughs> nothing came back, bro. And so I already like knew, you know, but I just had to see. And then I typed in point one, and I just like wasn't doing the math in my head. I was like, oh, that's not bad. Well, I bought wow. the Bitcoin at a less price, so I just fucking had it confused. Yeah. I'm just a dumbass. And I just really wanted to know. I wanted to know. And if you paid attention to the subtleties, you don't have to actually try it to know that it was a fucking scam. And I'd be willing to bet that. Is that even retain? Like you can't. I can't ever get retain back. that back. No, never. like you sent it and if, she gone. She gone. Bye, Felicia. She gone. That's, so it was like nine hundred seventy-nine dollars. As soon as I sent it, so oh. check this out. So check this out. As soon as I sent it, I see a different video by a different channel. Which keep in mind, both these channels have almost three hundred thousand subscribers, but the comments are turned off. I fucking know it's bogus. But what what really did it to me right after I press the send button? was there's another video live streaming at the same time with Robert Kiyosaki's picture <laughs> on it, which is like another dude. Do you know him? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So it's the fucking same thing going on on a different channel. Oh, no. And so I'm like, all right, well, dude. you know what? At least I know what's up. At least, like, whatever. I just accepted it. It's fine. I went and bought the exact same amount of Bitcoin on the exchange right afterwards again. I'm like, whatever, fuck you. I'm just going to buy more. But... You're like, I'm doubling those, down those, to make up for this right I, now. Well, I, you know, I just believe in the overall long-term storage yeah. of Bitcoin. But uh, 
it, like I said, it appreciated it. It's not a big deal. But basically, the lesson in that is trust your instincts. You don't need to know for certain. There was no risk in me just fucking keeping the Bitcoin that I had originally had. And that was a dumb mistake. And, and, and it could have easily been a lot larger. So if you're doing anything in that type of market, uh, what I want to say is don't let that deter you because that's just like part of life and, and it happens. And so there's going to be scammers on cryptocurrency, right? There's scam- Yeah, essentially there's- that guy got a thousand bucks. Yeah. And like there just was, there was, sent over. There was 70,000 people watching it, dude. For free? For free. For free. For free. Peace. <laughs> so like, boom, done, uh, canceled. It's tough. But, but what I'm saying is, is like, it is what it is. And uh, it was fucking stupid and I pissed at myself. But it wasn't going to make or break me. And uh, I still am just, I still can't let it go though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate hey, that. thanks for and, having uh, me. I'm glad you're doing well because that was that was a long time and uh, as I'm happy to hear you are too and we'll be getting some spike ball here soon. Dude, Once I'm excited the, uh, for it, bro. I'm excited for it, but whatever, we'll find a place to play. We'll find a place. Oh yeah, I mean we yeah. Yeah, but yeah, man, I appreciate you coming out. I appreciate you telling the story and uh, it made it more entertaining to to tell mine because yours was. I felt like a lot more commonplace for it to happen in the recovery process. And if anybody has rhabdomyolysis, don't play around with it. Like you got to know what it is so you can identify it. And then I pretty much laid out your options. None of them are that great. So thank you. Have a great night. Peace. Hey,